You are listening to a message from Life City Church Houston. For more information about our church, visit our website at lifecitychurchhouston.org. And now with you, today's message. The New King James Version, it says, So it was, as the multitude pressed about him to hear the word of God, that he stood by the lake of Gennesaret, and he saw two boats standing by the lake. But the fishermen had gone from them and were washing their nets. They were washing their nets. Then he got into one of the boats, which was Simon's, and asked them to put it a little, far, a little from the land. Put out a little from the land. And he sat down and he taught multitudes from the boat. When he had stopped speaking, he said to Simon, launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. But Simon answered and said to him, Master, we have toiled all night and caught nothing. Nevertheless, at your word, I will let it down the net. And when they had done this, they caught a great number of fish. And their net was breaking. So they signaled to other partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both the boats so that they began to sink. I'd like to speak for a few moments <clears throat> using as a subject how to get a net breaking catch. How to get a net breaking catch. I believe that all of us here at one time or other, we've been waiting for that breakthrough. We've had a lot of breaks, but we just haven't had the breakthrough. I believe all of us are waiting for that one answer that will turn things around, that, that, that one miracle, that one healing, that, that one good news. Uh, we're, we're wanting to get that, that great catch that we could say it was a miraculous catch. We all have something that we're asking for God to do. It could be the salvation of your kids. It could be the restoration of your marriage. It could be a financial situation. Whatever it is, we all have something that we have placed before the Lord and maybe have yet to see it happen. You know, it's interesting how Jesus began and how he ended his ministry. You see, his teaching and his preaching was marked by miracles, but the place and the location of where he began his ministry and where he, he ended it was basically the same because it was by the seashore. It was by the Lake Gennesaret or also known as the Sea of Galilee. He, he began his, his ministry with that miraculous catch of fish. That's how Jesus started his ministry. When you read the four Gospels, it gives you different accounts. But Matthew starts in Matthew, it starts talking, Matthew 4, about how Jesus was taken by the Spirit to the desert after he had been baptized. And how he came back in the power of the Spirit. And then how he went into the temple and opened up the book of Isaiah where it said, you know, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. And right after that, he goes out to, to the shores of Galilee and there 
he begins his ministry there by doing what, what he did, getting on that boat, going out, preaching, letting the people go, and then telling Peter, go in further, cast your nets, and then the story that we just read lets us know the outcome of that. But not only that, but Jesus also orchestrated a big catch after his resurrection. Where Peter says, I'm going to go back to fishing. And when he does, Jesus is there. And one of the last miracles that he did with his disciples was that. Was to orchestrate once again a big miraculous catch. And he does it to reinforce to them and to reinforce to us that God always will be the source of our supply. That there's nothing that you or need that you and I can have that God cannot meet. That there's no problem that you and I have that God cannot resolve. And he reinforces that at the end of his life or at the end of his earthly ministry. Once again letting them know I am your source of supply. Not only that, when you read about the wedding at Canaan. Jesus tells Mary his mom because she says, hey, look at the situation here. We've run out. Of wine, and Jesus turns the water into wine. But even at that, he tells Mary, his mom, he says, My hour has not come yet. But once again, he proves that he has the power and the ability to bring, uh, the, uh, to meet the needs and the emergencies of his people. I'm here to tell somebody that God still has the power to meet your need and still has the power to meet the emergencies that you have and God can bring you out. In order to impart faith into his disciples, the Lord chooses this miraculous catch of fish to emphasize, listen closely, the power of his word over any situation and over any circumstance. He, again, imparts faith to his disciples by letting him letting them know that through this catch that they got it was because he has power in his word and the power of his word can bring you out of any situation or any circumstance because remember when we read he says go out into the deep and go ahead and cast your nets for a catch And Peter's saying, we've, we've toiled all night and caught nothing. But nevertheless, at your word, it was a trying of their faith. Can you trust me? Can you trust my word? I know you've had a bad season. I know you've had a bad night. I know things did not come out the way you wanted to. I know you got back with empty nets. But can you trust me that if I tell you to do this, Can you trust me? And God imparts in them faith. And that's the same thing that God will do to us. He wants to impart faith. Can you still believe me even though it didn't happen the way you wanted or when you wanted it? But can you trust me that at my word you will obey and believe that I can bring you out of that circumstance? It's, it's through his word. It's through the power of his word. And even today the word of God changes everything. Even today, the Word of God will do amazing things in our lives. One of the things that we got to see in this picture is that Jesus stepped into Peter's boat and he starts teaching the people. 
His teaching ministry starts on this boat and, and, and the word had been spoken. And after Jesus speaks to the multitudes, he directs himself to Simon, the owner of that ship. And he tells Simon, launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. If there's one thing I want to focus on today is that the nets are the central point of this miracle. It's not necessarily the boat. And yes, you do need Christ. And yes, you do need a word from the Lord. But you've got to have the nets. Without the nets, there is no miraculous catch. And so the nets are the central point for this miracle to happen. The Lord entered that boat, and when he entered the boat, he entered into a difficult situation when he stepped in because Peter and, and Andrew and, and James and John had toiled, had worked all night, and they caught nothing. They were exhausted. Not only were they exhausted, they were frustrated because they caught nothing all night. Not only were they frustrated and exhausted, but they were tired and, and they were fatigued. They had lost a whole night of work. They had lost valuable time. The felt overwhelming of sense of failure was all over them. Has anybody ever been there that you've given everything you thought you had to give and you tried everything you had to try to, to see if this would work out? You worked and at the end of the day you came out and empty-handed. And one of the things that happens is that, 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 that you don't know what you're going to do next. What do I do next? See, you got to understand that, that these, these um, fishermen had been there before. And fish were caught before. But that night, for them, nothing was going right. Nothing was biting. As a matter of fact, They would throw their nets out and nothing would come in them. Their livelihood depended on this catch because they were commercial fishermen. So their livelihood depended on the catch that they would get. Their, their needs could, could not be met with, without that catch. They couldn't pay the house without that catch. They, they couldn't pay the bills without that catch. They couldn't pay or get groceries with, without that catch. They probably couldn't pay their boat that they had bought for their business without that catch. They, there was a lot of things that they wouldn't be able to do if they didn't have that catch. And that night they had gotten back with an empty net and with empty boats. They had lost everything that day, their efforts, their strength that night and nothing did they get in return. Some of the historians write that on any given day, 250 boats could be in the Sea of Galilee fishing. They were catching. But these four men, particularly that were read about, caught nothing. The others were already processing the fish. But these four men were processing nothing. The others were already on their way to the market to sell their fish. But these men had caught nothing. And then you have that nagging question that we all have asked. What do we do now? What do I do when 
the mortgage is due and I don't have the money? What do I do when I've already told the bank that I'll pay you for sure this month and you're two months behind and, and the money isn't there? What, 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 what are we going to do now? Have you ever been in there, that situation? Everything that you've tried to do and now what are we going to do? Now what's going to happen? See, they were frustrated because they had caught nothing. But that nothing was not just going to stay there. As we read, Jesus stepped into the boat. And when he stepped into that boat, everything was about to change. I don't know who this word may be for, but maybe that's what you have to do. Maybe you have to step, allow Jesus, allow Jesus to step into your boat so that things will begin to change. You see, we're talking about the process and what do I have to do to get that miraculous catch? These guys are letting us know out of experience what needs to be done so that we could get our miraculous catch. One of the first things that we learn here is that you've got to definitely have Jesus on your boat. You definitely got to have Jesus on your boat. And maybe that's one of the reasons why you haven't been able to be at the right place at the right time to get the right catch that you need from God. Because just maybe it could be Jesus is not on your boat. But today you have an opportunity to invite him into your life, to step into your boat and allow him to change everything in your life. You see, we've got to get the disciples some credit because... Even though they were frustrated and they came back from fishing and they caught nothing, they didn't abandon their nets. When Jesus finds them, they're cleaning their nets. When Jesus finds them, they're fixing their nets. They didn't walk away in disgust. They didn't walk away in disappointment. The nets were vital to their success. The nets were vital to their success. Nothing was going to happen without the net. You see, their success, their livelihood, their present, even their future were all dependent, listen closely, on the condition of their net. I've come to tell somebody today that the net is you and the net is me. And there are some things that will not happen unless we, our lives, are not working right. Unless we, our lives, have not been cleansed and, 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 and we've not mended those things that need to be mended. You see, the net in Bible times and even today was known as, as a large object that had, uh, had weights at the end of, the, of this net. And it was made by, by, by different strings that were neatly in place that formed a mesh and so with these weights on the bottom they would throw the net and the net would sink down to the bottom and with the drawstring they'd pull it and all of the bottom would close in and it would keep not only keep and grab what was in the net but it would keep it from going and from leaving the net until they brought it to the boat you see this type of fishing was very effective 
Because even though it was difficult and even though it was hard and even though it was tiring to do that all the time, it, 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 committed, it took commitment, it took persistence, it took a, a, a determination and focus to be able to do it. And they would catch their fish that way. But it took work. It took work. And if you really want a catch, if you really want a breakthrough, it will require some effort on your part. Hello, somebody. It will require some effort from your part. We're not saved by works, but we are blessed by our work. And it will take an effort You see, the net was made up of a lot of lines that, that were tied together in, in an orderly fashion to form, like I said, a mesh that could catch the fish and keep them from escaping. You see, we, 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 we've lost too many opportunities. We, we've lost too many miracles. We, we've lost too many healings. We, we, we've got uh, to, to, to do the things right. We, we've got to have the right net if we're going to keep the catch. And I don't want my miracles to, to swim past me. Hello, somebody, because I have a bad net. I don't want the miracles to go and catch them, but yet they escape because I have a, a torn net. I have to have a net that is able not only to catch but to keep what I have caught. And many of us are losing the miracles and losing the answers and losing what God has for us because our nets are not right. Our nets are not fixed. Our nets are not mended together. There's, there's ruptures. There's tearing. And, and there's gaps and holes. And, and we can't continue to do that. You see, in, in our Supernatural catch, it requires a special kind of net. You see, we are all a spiritual net. And like I said, a, 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 a net is, is uh, made up of a lot of lines, uh, strings that are tied together in, a, in an orderly fashion that, that makes up that, that net, that mesh that, that could catch and hold that which we caught. In the same way, in a spiritual sense, our nets consist of our commitment. Our nets consist of our dedication. Our nets consist of our obedience. Our nets consist of our worship. Our nets consist of, uh, of our prayer. The, the, those lines and those strings uh, are, are our praise. And, and, and those lines and, and, and those strings are, are tied together with our faith. And, and, and our nets represent the love that we have for God's word. It represents the love that we have for God's house. It represents the love that we have for God's people. It represents all of that our tithing and our offering and our compassion for the lost and our witness and our sensitivity to the spirit of the Lord, our priorities, our vision, our purpose, our anointing, our willingness to serve God, all of it is tied together in an orderly fashion and all these desires and attributes of Christian living must be tied together in a form that it makes us a net that God is able to fill. Um, Luke 
That's why he is very careful in his gospel to tell us that the fishermen, when Jesus got there, were washing their nets. They were cleaning their nets. They were fixing their nets. They didn't abandon their net in their disappointment. Because one of the worst things that could happen is that an opportunity come by and you're not ready for that opportunity. And even though they had had a terrible night, even though they caught nothing, even though their nets might have been torn and ripped as they drug from the bottom of the sea and, and catching and, and snagging logs or whatever was down there. Even though they came and worked all night and ended up with empty nets and an empty boat, they took the time to clean and fix the rips and the tears on their, on their nets. I don't know if you're understanding what I'm saying. And when you aren't getting an answer to your prayer, and when, and when you aren't seeing your needs being met, and when your victory is not really present in your life, instead of blaming God, maybe you need to start looking at yourself and repair the net of your life and, and begin to look over your life and begin to repair those things that are prevented Preventing you from getting your miraculous catch, your miracle, and your breakthrough. Maybe it's just something in you that's ripped and torn that needs to be mended. You see, the psalmist said it this way in Psalms 26.2. He said, examine me. Examine me, O Lord, and prove me. Try my mind and my heart. Examine me. Where in my life are there tore, is my net tore? Where in my life is there, is there a, 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 a dirty part? Where in my life I am like a net and I am somehow I'm missing, I'm missing my, my miracle. I'm missing my catch. I'm, I'm missing my, that opportunity. And so examine me. I want to know where am I faulty? I want to know where is there a hole that, that what I catch is easily escaped because my net is not fixed. Psalms 19, verse 12 and 13 continues to say this. Who can understand his errors? Cleanse me from secret faults. Then he says this. Keep back your servant also from presumptuous sins. Let them not have dominion over me. Then I shall be blameless. And I shall be innocent of great transgression. He says, man, I really want to do this right. I think I'm doing things right. I believe I'm doing things right. But if it's not according to the word of God, it doesn't matter how good it looks or how nice it feels. If it's not according to the word of God, it's not right. And he's saying, let them not have dominion over me. He says, then I shall be blameless. I want that the sins that I'm committing not 
have dominion over my life. I want to be able to, 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 to be set free from this. I, I want to be able, as he says, then shall I be blameless and I shall be innocent of great transgression. Your sin and your transgression, my sin and my transgression is keeping the catch that I need from me retaining it. There are holes in my net that are not allowing me to keep God's blessings. You know that 2 Corinthians 13.5 says this. It says, examine yourselves as to whether you are in the faith. Examine yourself whether you are in the faith. Are you really, really a Christian? Are you really, really living like a child of God? Are you really, really living according to his word and according to his will? He says, examine yourselves as whether you are in the faith. How do I examine myself through the word of God? God does not, is not a, a respecter of persons. He loves everyone and anyone. And he hates their sin, but, but, but he, he loves everyone. But he is a, he does uh, he is a respecter of principles. What are you saying? Jesus died for all, for all sinners. He died for the uh, drug addict. He died for the, died for the alcoholic. He, dry, he died for, for the lesbian. He, he, he died for, for the homosexual. He, he died for, for everyone. But not everyone is saved because the only way you're saved is that you confess Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. You confess with your mouth that he is Lord. You, you are saved when you come to the cross and you repent from your sins. That's how you're saved. The fact that he loves everyone doesn't mean that everyone is saved. It's an individual thing. And so we've got to ask God, so what am I saying? I'm saying that you may think and you may sound good and it may feel good. But if it's not, against the, if it's not according to the word of God, it doesn't matter how good and dandy it feels it's not what God wants and he says examine yourselves as whether you are in the faith test yourselves do you not know yourselves that Jesus Christ is in you unless indeed you are disqualified because don't you know that Jesus is in you and if Jesus is in you, that should keep you from sinning. That should keep you from thinking the way others are thinking. That should keep you from thinking from all the new ways of thinking that are coming in. If you, Christ is in you, it would keep you lined up with the word of God. But then he says, unless indeed you are disqualified. See, we are those nets. And somehow we can't retain and we can't keep the blessings of God. Turn to somebody, tell them, get the net right. That person is still trying to find the scripture. Turn to somebody else, tell them, get the net right. You see, in many occasions, like I said, Luke emphasizes that they were cleaning their nets because in many occasions the fishermen had to mend their nets, repair their nets. But on this occasion, these four men were cleaning their nets, washing their nets for this reason because when you would throw that net that had the weights at the end, on the way down, it could catch debris. It could catch dirt, seaweed. When it hit the ground of uh, uh, the bottom of the sea and they would pull it up, on the way up, it grabbed anything that, that was on the way. And so sometimes, though they caught nothing, they had junk inside, old tires. Well, back then they didn't have tires, but... An old oar, an old uh, uh, um, anchor, uh, uh, they'd snag on the bottom floor 
of, of the ocean or of the sea and, and ripped their nets. And so when they'd bring it out, it had everything but fish. It had junk. It had sticks. The, the, the seaweed would be tangled. And so you had to clean the net. You, you, you had to clean the net because when it went down and came up, it, 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 things would attach to it. It would enclose things. I don't know when was the last time that you came to the altar just for a cleaning of your life. Just to say, God, search me from head to toe, my heart, my thoughts. You know how I have sinned with my thoughts. You know how I have sinned with my words. You know how I have sinned with my deeds. Would you cleanse me and clean me at this altar and maybe this is a place where you need to come and allow God to clean you, to wash you, to make you whole, to make you clean so that you'll be able to catch that what God has for your life and keep it and retain it. See, um, Haggai chapter 1 verse 9 it says this, you, you looked for much but indeed, it came to little. And when you brought it home, I blew it away. Why, says the Lord of hosts, because of my house that is in ruins while every one of you runs to his own house. God was saying you have your priorities wrong. You've put your own interest over mine. You've done it your way versus doing it my way. And I am in second. That's why I can't bless you. And the prophet Haggai continues to say in the verses earlier, uh, uh, Haggai verses chapter 1, verse 5 through 7. He says, now therefore thus says the Lord of hosts. He says, consider your ways. Look at yourself. Consider your ways. Consider your net. Consider your life. It says, consider your way. You have sown much. And what? And bring in little. You eat, but you don't have enough. Buffets aren't even working for you. You drink, but you are not filled with drink. You clothe yourself, but no one is warm. And he who earns wages, earns wages to put it in a bag with what? With holes. Thus saith the Lord of hosts, consider your ways. Something is happening that your, answer, your prayers are not being answered. Something is happening that you can't retain that which you caught. Something is happening that you see what God wants for you. And when you're about to grab it and hold on, it slips away. Something is happening that your prayers are not being answered. Something is happening that victory is no longer your song, but there's defeat after defeat. He is saying, consider your ways. Fix that. You see, I spoke on Easter Sunday that Jesus has showed himself for 40 days with indisputable proofs of his resurrection. And I mentioned that in the next 40 days from Easter or even before, that God would show up and do miraculous things. And I'm trying to help you Get that miraculous catch in your life. 
Because it's not just about sitting there and waiting. The man of God said this and it should happen. There is effort in our time. There's effort on our behalf. There's effort that has to be put into it. And God is wanting to say, I've got this for you. But you've got to fix your nets. You've got to fix that which is torn. There are torn relationships. Even in your marriage, God says, speaking through Peter, he says that if there's turmoil and there's this dispute and there's contention between a husband and a wife. It says not even your prayers are heard by God. What I don't want is within the next 40 days why some will be thanking God for their miraculous catch and others are saying it didn't happen. There's a reason for that and the disciples are teaching us you've got to mend your nets. You've got to clean your act up. You've got to understand this is a miraculous catch that you need and God will not allow it to happen when there is filth, when there is dung, when there is all kinds of things on your net and there are tores and rips and relationships have not been Put back together. Relationships are not being reconciled. God says they are holes and your blessings are seeping right through them. Consider your ways. I'm about, I'm about done here. Tell somebody, clean, clean your net. Tell them it's going to be worth it. It's going to be worth it. Nothing is worthwhile that can be caught for these disciples until the debris and the nastiness was moved from those nets. You see, to clean the nets, it's not, it's not pleasant. To, to, to clean the nets and fix the nets, it's, it's not something of honor, if you could say. To, to clean the nets, uh, you know, was something of, of humility. It was humbling yourself down and having to get your hands all and having to tug to try to pull those things that, that had, had gotten caught in your net. It, it didn't allow it to function right. It, it was trying to, 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 to mend and how do I fix this hole that, that this log or, or, or that this, this debris snagged my net and all of a sudden it wasn't something but, but it was something that needed to be done. I mentioned earlier the worst thing you could do is to have an opportunity come your way and you not be ready. So even though they caught nothing, they were persistent. I've got to get my net ready and I've got to clean it because there's going to be another opportunity. Hello, somebody. There's going to be another chance. There's going to be another moment and I want to be ready for that moment. What they did not know was that the next moment would bring Jesus in. What they did not know that the next moment would bring Jesus in. And Jesus was not just any ordinary man. Jesus knew where that Sea of Galilee was for he had carved it out with his hand. Jesus knew where the river of Jordan would be because his finger detailed and curved that river. Jesus knew where the fish were. Why? Because Jesus' word has power. Jesus word, everything submits to it. He knew he can talk to the fish. He talked to a big fish to tell them, you go swallow up Jonah. 
And when they had to pay the taxes, he told some fishes, you go to a certain place, some, some fishermen drop some coins in there, but go pick them up and, and pick them up in your mouth so that they could pay their taxes. And the Bible said that Jesus shows up and they says, you're going to catch the two fish that you catch or the fish that you catch will have two coins. And sure enough, the fish they caught had two coins. Jesus can talk to the animals and Jesus can talk to the sea and Jesus can calm the waves and Jesus can calm the wind. Jesus can tell the fish, don't come to that boat and Jesus could have told them go to the other 249 boat, uh, boats that are there so he, he has authority and if you're going to change and turn your failure into success, if you're going to change your defeat into victory, if you're going to turn your mourning crying into gladness we need to get rid of the junk that is sticking on to our nets and to our lives and we need to mend those relationships and mend those areas that have caused holes in our relationships we need to get rid of our double mindedness, we need to get rid of our unbelief, we we need to get rid of our doubt and we need to get rid of our disobedience. And once our nets are clean, we will be able to put it in the water and we will be able to catch the miraculous catch that we have never seen before. You see, sin will create holes in our net. Come on, musicians. I'm done. Sin will create holes in the net and those holes need to be repaired if you catch the miraculous catch you've got to mend the holes in the net you've got to do what you've got to do to try to close the gap in those relationships that have been torn wide open See, sin will create those holes, and they have to be repaired. And ugly attitudes, those bad emotions, the bitterness, the unforgiveness, and all that hatred will make our spiritual nets useless, and you won't catch anything. You won't catch anything. Turn to somebody again and tell them, please clean the net. Tell them, please clean the net. Tell them, it doesn't matter how humbling it may be, clean it. The catch that, want, that God wants to bring to your life is much greater than the humility of cleaning your nets and mending the relationships. I close with this. Would you stand to your feet?